Welcome to the I-9 Sports Show, featuring conversations with national leaders in youth sports, stories from the I-9 Sports family, and so much more. I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the I-9 Sports Show. I'm Chloe Sullivan, your host, and we can't wait to get into our September episode. We're going to be chatting about physical literacy today, but don't worry if you have no clue what that is, because we have some expert guests here to educate us. Make sure you stay tuned for our sportsmanship segment. You may want to grab your child and have them listen, especially if you left them a sportsmanship shout out. Lastly, we get to hear from one of our owners who just won a very special award, and he'll be sharing some of his favorite memories from his time with I-9 Sports. Today, I am thrilled to be introducing you to two very special guests. I have with me Brett Kleika of SpiderFit Kids. Brett, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And then I also have with me our very own manager of sports programming and education, Allie Wenzel. Allie, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. My pleasure. We are just so excited to have you both here with us today. We're going to be talking about something that I think was very important pre-pandemic, if you will, but is more important than ever for parents to be educated about, and that is physical literacy. So Brett is actually an expert in this. Brett, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in youth fitness education? Yeah, I, I it really came from I was a lifelong athlete, and early on, I discovered when I was like 16, I discovered, oh my gosh, I could actually do this. And I, I started coaching soccer. I started working the organization and coaching soccer. And I recognized that I could do this for a living eventually. And so that really uh, impassioned me to pursue exercise science in college. After college, I was, I had the opportunity to be an assistant uh, strength and conditioning coach at the U.S. Olympic Training Center down in San Diego. And when I left there though, you know, having the opportunity to start working with kids and then, then go to the other end of the spectrum, working with Olympic level, some of the best athletes in the world. When I left the Olympic Training Center in 2001, I, I really, I wanted to get back to working with kids for, for a couple of reasons. For one, it's just the energy and, and, and I guess everyone has their calling. And, and I had had an experience with the whole gamut of athletes and I was like, kids are, are my calling. But it also was fascinating working with the world's best athletes. A lot of the time when they would have performance limitations, I found that we would have to reverse engineer them down to what they probably should have been practicing when they were six, seven, eight, nine years old. And we had world-class athletes crawling and skipping and rolling and, and doing some of these very, very basic skills. And that was fascinating. And upon leaving there, I had the opportunity uh, to, to start a large youth uh, fitness program at a, a well-renowned Gym Fitness Quest 10 in San Diego. It's won many national awards. And we, uh, we, I started the youth program there. I was there for 15 years and, and just working with not just young athletes, but working with um, pediatricians working with kids that were overweight. I worked with some overweight, uh, some programs, large programs for overweight kids. I would uh, help them with their curriculum and I worked with schools and, and I had the opportunity to do that. And then in, I, I started to, to really write in the industry. I was writing a lot. I was consulting a lot. 
And when my daughter was born, it was just an epiphany that I need to take my experiences. I need to take what I've learned and, and bring this honestly, quite frankly, around the world because in, in seeing the challenges that my daughter would be facing to be physically active when they're taking uh, PE out of schools and sports are getting more and more exclusive in nature, uh, just I wanted to, to be part of the solution as the problem began to amount with childhood obesity and childhood inactivity. I, and then that's why I started SpiderFit, to educate the educators, essentially, to, to provide education inspiration for coaches and anyone else who works with kids. So that's really how I started in it. And it's been a, it's, I, I wake up every day excited. So it's been a real blessing. Wow. Love that. It sounds like your life really came like full circle and you've just done so much already. And we are just thrilled to have you here to talk about this. And then Allie, can you explain to us a little bit your role at I-9 Sports and what you do? Yeah, so as the manager of sports programming and education, I oversee the development and execution of all of our sport and program format offerings. Um, In addition to that, I do implement trainings to various audiences, including something that we're really excited about is our national coach training is something available to all of our coach volunteers. Um, So yeah, that's kind of two tiered. I oversee the programming and have a stab at our education. So basically you make sure that our programs and game day are amazing. Just that small little tiny task, no big deal. No, but we really are so lucky to have Allie at I-9 Sports. She is an expert in everything she does, but she also uses her expertise to help others become educated. So, Brett, we're here today to talk about physical literacy, but some of our listeners may have no idea what that even means. So, could you explain to us what exactly physical literacy is and why it's so important for children to be building those skills? Yeah, physical literacy, it's interesting. And I have to admit, when I first heard the term, I thought, oh, here we go. We're, we got a slick marketing term for fitness. <laughs> but when I, I really, the term was catchy to me. It made sense, this idea of literacy, much like academic literacy. Uh, physical literacy follows suit because research has even shown children learn physical skills much like they learn academic skills. But to really explain uh, what physical literacy is, you know, if you look at Uh, From a physical activity standpoint with kids, we could look at sports performance. So we could say, okay, well, those are the skills that make you good for a specific sport. They make you perform well at a specific sport. We could look at fitness. And fitness, really what it is, it's a a metric. So it's an observation of metrics like, uh, you know, heart rate and blood pressure. And it could be their VO2, uh, their strength, all these different metrics. Uh, And that's really how you measure fitness fitness. It's kind of a performance related thing. Mm -hmm. What physical literacy is, it's essentially an observation of of a a child's confidence and competence with physical activity across a gamut of different activities. So they might not be the best uh, player on the field in soccer, but they have the skills and the interest and the confidence to try soccer. And then the next day they can go to the playground and someone toss them a basketball and they're able to dribble the ball and shoot. They're not going to be the best person out there, but they have a, a wide range of activities. And, and when I really began to understand uh, the, what physical literacy meant, I looked at the current landscape of, of where we're at with, with kids. 
And a lot of the conversation with kids in fitness now is how do we solve the childhood obesity program? And a lot of people see that as a fitness issue. And, and it is. But the, the approach that many have taken is, is almost like we can boot camp our kids into being skinny. It's this <laughs> idea of, well, what's the thing we can do to burn the most calories in the shortest amount of time? And I understand that because that's the way we think, particularly in America. We think we have this problem and let's just get kids running around in circles and we can get them to burn calories. The problem is running around in circles or just sitting on an exercise bike to burn calories, it, it doesn't build a toolbox of skills so that when that coach isn't there forcing them to run or, uh, and, and granted, with even with fitness activities, if they're running laps or on a bike, there's some positive things happening. But if you think of you know, it, not all kids are built to ride a bike. Not all kids are designed to be runners. And Absolutely. so when the coach isn't there forcing them to become fit, well, what's going to happen? What has that done for their interest in multiple activities? What has that, that done for their, their ability to be confident trying different things? And that really resonated me, with me because, it, and it's funny, you know, I come from a very high performance sports background. Mm -hmm. So even in looking at an opportunity to create performance in sports, I see a greater opportunity with the approach of physical, improving physical literacy. So the question then becomes, well, then what does that mean? You know, what, what does it mean to develop physical literacy? Well, if you're designing programs that, that develop physical literacy, what that means is you don't design, even if you're coaching soccer, your program for your young soccer players is not just from the time you come to the time you leave, soccer, 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 soccer. You, yeah. Your warm-up would include just about all kinds of different skills. You might even bring a, a basketball to soccer practice, and during their warm-up, they dribble a basketball. If you're a PE teacher, and PE is, is historically been excellent for physical literacy, the, the a number of skills that are introduced through that. But if you're a, a fitness professional or a community youth sports leader or a community youth activities leader, it's, it's looking at, okay, what are the multiple skills that kids may need to learn? I mean, reality, the way I think of it is 70% of kids, the statistics suggest about 70% of kids are done with competitive sports by about seventh grade. Wow. 70% of kids. So then we have to think with those 70% of kids, what could they be doing? They're not going to be active on their own. Data suggests they're not going to go out in the woods and run around and, you know, play tag and do those different things that we might have done. Well, they, they, there's not many recreational sports outside of the competitive, so they're not really going to play sports. So they're probably realistically going to be looking at things like uh, what's available at many gyms or recreational facilities, Zumba classes, uh, sort of boot camp type things. It could be uh, so you think of all the different skills and you think, well, yeah, I'm, I'm coaching nine-year-olds in soccer or, or softball or baseball or t-ball, and I need to teach them those skills. But thinking more responsibly, understanding our role as coaches, thinking, okay, well, I can, I can give five minutes of practice to some of these different skills. And, and you think of the manipulative skill. Think of being a physical education teacher. You got the throwing, kicking, the manipulative type of skills, catching. You got locomotion skills, movement, and then you have stationary movement control. And that's things like balance and push-ups and sit-ups and calisthenics. So it's, it doesn't have to be extremely complex, but just introducing, and if you're a parent, introduce your kids to multiple activities and sports. Don't feel like it's, it's some sort of thing where it's, they have to be a sports performance aficionado or, or perfect by the time they're eight years old.
Yeah, it seems like for some reason this like common sense or this like aha moment just for some reason has gotten lost. So we've like forgotten that we have to teach kids to be athletes, you know, well-rounded athletes, not just a soccer player or just a football player. And I think this like buzzword physical literacy has kind of like brought us back to those beginning phases of learning to play or just move. Allie, now that we kind of understand physical literacy and why it's so important, what is I9 Sports doing to make sure that children have access to programs that teach physical literacy? I mean, just like Brett said, physical literacy is the foundation for not just the success in sport, but really engaging in physical activities for life. So as a youth sports organization, we identified not just the opportunity, but really a responsibility to offer a program that specifically focused on physical literacy and fundamental movement. So we did develop um, the Athlete Development Program. It's one of our newest programs. It just launched this year. This program is a seven-week program with age-appropriate lesson plans designed to enhance player development of physical literacy and fundamental movement through drills that we call off the ball. So it's not focused on a specific sport. Um, It's more just focused on body awareness and movement. Uh, It's really a great complement to our sport-specific programs, as well as it can be a standalone uh, activity for kids in the community to be involved with that maybe aren't interested in sport or aren't ready to commit to participating on a team. Um, You know, our goal with this program is really, to touch on something Brett said, it's individual improvement, building kids Um, feeling of self-confidence and understanding how their body moves. So when they're presented with a basketball or soccer ball or baseball or or whatever the activity is in front of them, that they really feel comfortable and welcoming that into their lives and and picking up that ball or or whatever and participating. And I did want to give a a quick shout out to Brett and the Spider Fit Kids organization. I mean, the conversations that Brett and I had leading up to the development of this program, the training and resources available from Spider Fit Kids were just invaluable to this program development and design. So I want to thank you very much, Brett, for all you do. Oh, thank you, Allie. So Allie, with all of that and speaking about the athlete development program, is there other ways that I-9 Sports addresses physical literacy in all the other programs that we run? In all of our programs, we incorporate physical literacy in our warmups. So each game day, prior to getting into the sport specifics, coaches will lead their kids through a warmup that provides that we provide in our age-appropriate weekly practice plans. In addition to that, something that Brett touched on was sport sampling. I-9 Sports sees sport sampling as a huge benefit, which, you know, will increase physical literacy as a whole. So being that our franchise locations offer up to six or seven different sports offerings, participants have a lot of opportunity to dabble in different sports. I love that. If, okay, so we have to know, speaking of sports sampling and not specializing in sports, 
if you both had to watch one sport for the rest of your life, and this is like your children, college sports, professional sports, what sport would you pick to watch forever? Oh, man. <laughs> that's a hard one. <laughs> right? One sport forever. And well, that's going to be, I mean, for me, there's so much more when I'm watching a sport. It's, it's understanding what's going on behind the action because I've, mm -hmm. I've played something. So for me, soccer was my sport all the way, all the way through. I would probably say soccer just because in a one to nothing game, I can think of 10 million things that happen in that game that are yep. so exciting and so interesting. And so like, how did they do that? And, uh, but it's tight because there's a lot of, there's a lot of other sports that are fun. I love watching lacrosse. And <laughs> only one. <laughs> know, only one. It would probably have to be soccer. Allie, yeah. what about you? Yeah, definitely um, a challenging question, Chloe. <laughs> you know, I grew up a multi-sport athlete and basketball really has my heart but soccer I have to agree with with Brett here soccer I played the longest and was most involved in and there's just something about that sport to me that is so beautiful to watch when a team really clicks together and all the angle the passing angles that they have and the excitement I know people always say well the score is so low but it's such an, a build to get to that score. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so much beauty in the game. So I have to agree with Brett here. I would go with soccer as well. Well, I am on a team of my own here. I pick football. It's like my first love. So I'm on my own here. But luckily, <laughs> your kids should be playing multiple sports and sampling all sports. So we don't have to watch just one sport for the rest of our lives. <laughs> but I had to know. And then Brett. So this is kind of like going totally off rail of this entire conversation but this is like the current age-old question at this point but how did your company shift due to the pandemic like were there big changes that had to be made for you guys well for us it was more we've been largely virtual you were an education company and so our role has largely been to support organizations with materials with resources so for us uh, our biggest shift was actually being able to ramp up quickly enough to support many of these organizations we were already virtual in nature and so our biggest shift was a lot of large uh, national governing bodies for sport um, which we work with many of these large national governing bodies all of a the sudden they were left with, I mean, they couldn't, they have huge organizations where all of a sudden these youth sports didn't exist anymore. Just overnight, their kids couldn't go out and play football with leagues. They couldn't go out and play lacrosse. They couldn't go out and do these things. And so immediately they were on the phone, I'm on the phone with them and they're saying, well, what can we do to keep our members, to keep our kids engaged through this time, to keep them moving and so for us, it was a matter of how can we uh, ramp up our efforts to get these organizations what they need. And so it was a very quick, you know, very quick uh, transformation. And we were able to uh, create for, for our licensees and for our partners with these national organizations, we were able to uh, create even more resources and help them distribute them throughout I mean, hundreds of thousands of people throughout the organization. So. For us, we didn't have to, to shift our business model per se, but it was just a, 
a quick ramp up to figure out, well, how can we best help and best serve everyone that, that, that needs this from the coaches, but all the way, I mean, we, cause we create the resources for the coaches, but then to the kids as well. And, and really from our, the, the new thing that we added from a business standpoint was our uh, PE in your living room. And we, and that was merely just because we recognized a hey, kids need this. This is not a business thing. This is a community service thing and understanding with my own six-year-old just seeing within two weeks and, what was she going to do? She can't go out and play with kids. She can't go to the park. She can't go to the, and so we created the, the PE for your living room, which we continue to still do. And it's a Facebook live. And we've been doing it since I think our first was March 24th, I think was the, the first one we did. And we've been doing it uh, once to twice a week since then we upload them. It goes from Facebook live and we upload the, our YouTube page. And so for us, that's been our only business transformation, but it, it really hasn't, it wasn't a transformation to our service. It just was an additional thing that we provide the community versus just supporting the, the organizations. Well, so speaking of kind of that inactivity that did happen for some families due to the pandemic and um, maybe those families who didn't have the resources or know about them yet to be having PE in their living room, you know, obesity and inactivity, as you said before, is on the rise. So Allie, how does I-9 Sports involve the whole family and really get everyone on board in living this active lifestyle? There are just so many benefits to a family exercising or being involved in group activities together. Uh, I-9 Sports is really meant to be a family affair. We are a volunteer coach model, and most of those volunteer coaches are parents of a participant. So we are really giving parents an opportunity to be involved through not just being a role model for their child, but a whole team. We provide the training and the resources, like our practice plans, to make parents feel comfortable and confident throughout their time as a coach. So that's one opportunity to be active with I-9 Sports. Um, another thing that, that is so important and critical to our programming is that we teach sportsmanship. So each week a player receives, or the team is taught a, a sportsmanship value, and the player that demonstrates that sportsmanship value throughout practice and gameplay receives a medal. And whether your child received that medal or not, it really gives the parents something to talk to their children about throughout the week. Uh, we also, um, you know, specific to our athlete development program, we do send a weekly email to the parents who have participants in the program. And this email includes information on not just what the kid will be, the children will be learning out at the field that week. It also provides an activity or two for families to do at home together, as well as it has a resource like how to set goals with your kids or nutritional information, how to talk nutrition to your kids. So educating parents and families and giving them something to do at home throughout the week is really important. You know, parents can always turn to our blog as well, whether they're participating in the program or not, um, turn to our blog or our website for different activities, all of our practice plans are available to parents. So they might be able to 
surf through one and find an activity that fits for their family. Well, so Brett, with all that being said, all that all the resources that we have available and that you have available, do you have any advice or words of encouragement for parents who maybe just learned five minutes ago what physical literacy even is and how they can gain confidence in helping their kids learn these skills? Well, I think the, the first thing is, is as with anything that I, in my life and many of us in our life, if we find something that's a bit overwhelming, I try to find, I try to go to, if I, if there is the opportunity to involve your child in something like I-9 sports or to use the, the spider fit resources or, or both of them together, that's where I'd first would turn. I mean, the, the, the resources available through even the I-9 website and, and through our spider fit, the free resources, turning to there. And when there's opportunities, get your kid with a professional. But in saying that, recognize that something as simple as going down to the park and playing Frisbee. And it was amazing. I, I, I noticed the first couple of weeks of quarantine as, as that happened, it was, it, it was almost like animals coming out of hibernation. You know, I was taking my daughter down to the park and it was families that were, all of a sudden the parents are at home, they're not at work. They, uh, they weren't going to sports practice. Their typical daily rush wasn't there. And they were just going down to the park with like a wiffle ball and a wiffle bat and some, some other balls. And they just were kind of staring at it. Just the funniest thing. Cause they're like, hey, now how do we do this? How do we play as a family? Like, what are we? <laughs> I and love it, that analogy the coming out of hibernation. That's too it funny. It really was. It was just sort of like everyone's looking up and it's the sun. It's not the fluorescent lights anymore. And it just was, it was this very interesting phenomenon. And then, Within a week or two, all of a sudden, there was no space at the park because, and it was whole families. It wasn't like, hey, just get the kids out of the house. And it was, and, and so understand that it doesn't have to be a, a tightly designed training program. Now, understand that when, you're, when you give your kids an opportunity, like, like what I-9 is offering through those programs, obviously it's, it's gonna be with an educated, experienced coach that they are going to make it fun while the kids are, are learning these specific skills. However, there's a lot that can be done at home in just forming the attitudes towards physical activity uh, through the family. I mean, the data suggests that the children's attitudes towards physical activity for the rest of their life will reflect the home environment's attitude towards Absolutely. physical activity. So don't feel like your family has to boot camp. Don't feel like you have to read a bunch of physical activity uh, or, or physical education, academia, you know, physical education pedagogy papers in order to, to go out and have some fun with your kids. I think we forget that play is just that it's play, yep. you know, and we all know how to do that from adults to kids. So that is all we have time for today, but I am thrilled that we had you both here to be able to educate coaches, parents, and all of our listeners. Again, thank you so much, Brett and Allie. Thank you. Now is your opportunity to be a game changer. I-9 Sports is giving back and you can too. Now through October 31st, purchase our comfy and stylish long sleeve shirt and proceeds will go towards making it possible for kids to play sports. Proceeds will support I-9 Sports Association, a registered 501c3 charity whose mission is to promote youth athletic participation and provide financial assistance to children who cannot otherwise afford to participate in athletic activities. Just visit our store at i9sports.com to grab your t-shirt and make it possible for kids to play sports. 
Welcome to our sportsmanship segment. This is a wonderful part of the show to have your child listen with you. They'll not only get to learn about our sportsmanship values and how to apply them on the field and in everyday life, but you also have the opportunity to record a sportsmanship shout out for your child. All you have to do is visit the link in our episode description and you can record a message for your child to hear on air. Today we are focusing on our sportsmanship value, positivity. This one has probably been a challenge for a lot of people right now, both kids and parents. With so much unknown and routines thrown off, it can be hard to remain positive. But having a positive attitude has such an impact and can completely change the way we go about our daily lives. To show positivity means that you don't let thoughts like I can't or I don't want to get in the way of doing your best. You try your hardest no matter what, encourage teammates, and win without gloating. It means that you have an uplifting and encouraging attitude at all times, whether you're on the field or court, attending class, or even just hanging out with friends. You can demonstrate positivity on game day by being a good friend and nice to your teammates, trying your hardest all the time, not pouting or making excuses when you make a mistake, and having a good time even when you're losing. And that can transfer over into your daily life by having a good attitude when you're asked to complete chores or trying to enjoy a board game that your sibling picked out, even if it's not your favorite. I wanted to share a sportsmanship story that came to us from Jamie in Florida about her daughter, Clarissa. She says, Clarissa won the sportsmanship medal for demonstrating positivity, and we are so proud of her. Her team unfortunately lost that day, and her teammates were really discouraged. I watched Clarissa keep a smile on her face and tell her friends that they played a good game. Her coach noticed this too and awarded her the medal. They came back and won the game the next week. Wonderful job, Clarissa. Congratulations. Way to keep a positive attitude and encourage your teammates to do the same. I have to share another story. This one is so precious. It's about two brothers. It comes to us from Emily. Emily says, we joined the I-9 sports family this year, and this is our very first season ever playing a sport. My boys are on different teams with different coaches, and their second game of the season, they had to play against each other. Their dad and I took turns cheering on both of our boys from the sidelines. I was taking a live video of the brother versus brother game when I happened to capture what I hope will be one of my most cherished memories. Coach had just called a water break, and my younger son, Damien, was taking a drink when his older brother Malachi came behind the net and grabbed a quick hug. I was overwhelmed with the sportsmanship and pure love they expressed on and off the field. I think I will forever hold on to that video and maybe share it when they graduate or get married or have little soccer players of their own. I'm very proud to be a soccer mom with I-9 Sports. Emily, that story was so sweet. Thank you for sharing that with us. I love that even though your two boys may have been opponents on the field, they know they're still family and showed each other brotherly love. And finally, we get to hear some sportsmanship shout outs from our I-9 Sports parents. Remember, if you would like to congratulate your child on winning a sportsmanship medal, or if you want to encourage them for their next game, just visit the link at the end of our episode description. You can also send us a story by emailing us at podcast at i9sports.com. Lily, mom and dad are so proud of you and all your hard work in every sport you try. Congrats on winning the sportsmanship medal for teamwork. You set such a great example for those around you and are a wonderful teammate and daughter. We love you. Hey, way to go, Noah, of the Warriors soccer team. 
I-9 Sports in Argyle. We're proud of you. Jamboree Day, Sportsmanship Medal Award winner. We're proud. Awesome. Here's to a great season. I just want to give a shout out to Branson and Brooklyn Smith from Las Vegas, Nevada. I-9 Sports, T-Ball, and Coach Pitch. You guys are doing great. Mommy and Daddy are so proud of you. Listeners, I am so happy that I get to introduce you to this next guest. Isaiah Rojas is an I-9 Sports multi-unit owner in our Frisco and Plano, Texas area. And he is just a light within our network. Isaiah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So can you just start us off by telling us a little bit about how you got started with I-9 Sports? Sure. So I'm from California originally and have been working in sports since I got out of college and working in the private sector and the public sector and professional athlete and recreational. And um, out of the blue, I got an email about a position in with I-9 Sports for Honolulu, Hawaii. Because it was in Hawaii, I thought, yeah, let's apply and see what happens. And a month later, I was flying out and starting with I-9 Sports. So it was a, I didn't have much of an introduction to the company. But before I went out to Hawaii, I actually went out to uh, the program director training in Tampa at the corporate office. And just that four or five days of training, learning their philosophy, what they're about, just sold me on that already. And then I, I went to Hawaii, worked at the program director for the branch with Roger DeKinia for about almost three years and just fell in love with the philosophy, the impact and just what we we're the, the, the difference we we're making with kids out there. And so I wanted to take things to the next step and look to become a franchise owner myself. An opportunity came in Fresco, Texas, and I couldn't pass it up. So me and my family moved out here. So what started as a vacation to Hawaii <laughs> turned <laughs> exactly. into a business. I love it. So on today's episode, we're really focusing on educating others on the importance of physical literacy for children. I immediately thought of you, Isaiah, because of the programs you run in schools and all of the work that you do partnering with daycares and early childhood education centers. So can you tell me a little bit about some of those programs or what your favorite part of working in those specific atmospheres are? Yeah. So, you know, for me personally, I come from a PE background. I went to school to be a PE teacher. So I always loved just working with kids at the very basic levels, jumping, hopping, running, skipping, and those kind of this stuff. And so um, that's how we kind of got into working with daycares and just started really just by building relationships with them and saying, hey, what do you have kind of programs you have going on revolving around sports or athletics or anything like that, physical, liter physical literacy, and just seeing what they needed. And, and um, just by having those communications, we were able to uh, develop relationships with a couple of different daycares that we're looking for an after school type of a program, more fun, sports-based, kickball, things like that. And then uh, we actually were able to develop a relationship after a few years with a private school that was opening uh, elementary and middle school, and they were looking for uh, someone to run a PE program for them. So I told them about you know what I9 Sports does, our philosophy, and I told them that you know we can put something together where it can be sports-based, but still teaching them athletic development, athlete development skills, and the basic physical literacy when it comes to, uh, you know, balance, coordination, agility, and things like that. So um, we've been doing it now for, this is our third school year. And the thing that I love about working with the schools in, in the classrooms is, you know, compared to the leagues where you'll get the, a group of kids for maybe 
you know, you maybe have a team that you're coaching for 10 kids for six weeks. You have, you know, 100, 120 kids that you're working with, you know, multiple times a day. You get to know them. You get to know their personalities. They get to know you. And you just develop such a better relationship with them. You get to see a lot more growth. Whereas in a six-week program or a seven-week program, you can see some growth within a child, you know, developing their, their basketball skills or soccer skills. But when you see a kid from, you know, uh, October or, or August going all the way through the end of May, and you see them develop their skill sets and their speed and their confidence, that's when you really get to see a lot of those uh, steps being taken, which is really, really fun. I love that. And I'm sure you see these same kids, not, over, not even just, you know, from October to May, but year over year and seeing them from elementary school and then moving into middle school. That's, I love it. So I know you're also yeah. running athlete development programs. Why do you think those programs specifically are so important? Well, you know, to me, I feel like um, a lot of times as parents, we think about we want to get our kids physically active. So we think we got to put them in sports, and which is a great thing. But a lot of times sports focus on those sports specific skills and they don't really build a foundation of general skills of agility, speed, coordination, balance. So, you know, it's, it's funny because we'll do um, in our athlete development clinics that we've done so far, we work with kids between the ages of, I think the youngest we had was five and the oldest we had was 14. And we're just trying to do basic stuff like um, throwing balls with two hands or hula hooping. And they just have never tried those basic skill sets, you know, and yeah. uh, things that we did, you know, when I was young that we did in PE class and stuff like that. And um, you just, you, you see now that as, as people become more sports specific or sports centered, they lack that foundation. And you'll see, you know, even elite athletes who just don't run very well and don't have basic yeah. coordination when it comes to other things. And um, that's because they've just been focused on building these specific skill sets, which they're great at. But, you know, someone who I, I think of here locally is Dirk Nowinski, who was an all-star basketball player. But you see that guy run, you think that guy's not an athlete. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. Are you an athlete? <laughs> so, so true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, that's what I think about when an athlete development is, is a, it builds this foundation where you can have this basic skill set of understanding how your body works moving laterally, moving up and down, moving forward and backwards, and just that, those basic fundamental skills. That's yeah. what I really enjoy about it. I've, I've seen kind of like a silver lining in this whole pandemic that we're going through. Um, I think it's like forcing companies to think outside the box. And I think this is kind of like really encouraged that free play and that like going back to the basics. So I'm like, yes, the pandemic is horrible, but I keep seeing silver linings like that, you know, getting kids back to the basics and back to just learning how to play and not so narrow-minded on one sport. So I do have to brag on Isaiah for a minute. He was just announced as the 2020 I-9 Sports Culture Champion. So this award is really special as it represents the heart and soul of who I-9 Sports is as a company. And it was voted on by his peers. So I want to just congratulate you on that. And I know that there were so many wonderful memories and I'm sure special moments that happened before winning this award. So in your mind, does a particular memory or experience really stick out when you think about your time with I-9 Sports? Um, first off, thank you. I was very, very honored when I got that. I was not expecting that at all, and it was very surprising. But um, so I really, definitely appreciate it to everyone that voted for me and for being given this award. But um, <clears throat> when it comes to moments, there's, there's a lot of moments that kind of 
I'm kind sure. of bought me into I nine sports. Um, you know, between seeing kids who are, you know, have uh, you know difficulties with sports, getting an opportunity to play, scoring their first touchdowns, winning their first championship games, to seeing coaches allow themselves to lose games on purpose because they want to give an opportunity to somebody or, or they see a bigger picture in what we're doing. And so they give kids those opportunities. Um, uh, lots of moments like that really kind of stick out to me. <clears throat> I remember in particularly when I first came out here to Frisco, um, we, I was, we had a senior football team and they didn't have a coach. So I, I stepped in to coach the team and which I love to do. And uh, we had one boy that was playing with us who was, um, not severely autistic, but he was on that far spectrum. And uh, parents was really worried about them because they'd never played before. And just seeing how the kids embraced them, how they try to involve them in plays and in the, the huddle and on the sidelines. And, you know, the smile on his first touchdown was incredible. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so moments like that, like, were, are, are addicting. And you want to get and find as many of those opportunities as you can. And sometimes you get one a season, sometimes you get one a year, but when you get one, you're like, man, I, I need that rush again. I need that feeling again. So we want to try to find a way, figure out a way to create that again, which is really, really cool. I love that. Sports changes lives. It really does. And you are doing just that, Isaiah. So I just want to thank you again for sharing your story and for providing such a wonderful experience for kids and their families. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I-9 Sports family, that is the end of our September episode, but make sure that you stay tuned for next month's episode, where we'll be talking about what I like to call mental game. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope you have a great one. I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be.